You are listening to a podcast from The National. India is in the middle of the largest democratic undertaking in human history. By the end of May, nearly 900 million people will have voted in hundreds of constituencies to decide the next government. We are lucky we have voted. Uh, we hope we get a corruption-free government now. But in a country with dozens of minority groups, myriad local and national issues and diverse communities, there's no single issue that's dominated the heated campaign. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm James Haynes-Young, the National's foreign editor. This week, we look at what's at stake when the world's largest democracy goes to the polls. The scale of India's election is staggering. Nearly 900 million people are registered to cast their ballots, 15 million of which are 18 and 19-year-olds who will vote for the first time. It will be held over seven stages between April 11th and May 19th due to the vastness of the country. Election officials and security personnel will move between different states as the polls open. Votes will be counted on May 23rd and announced the same day. Many have been concerned about the economy and Prime Minister Narendra Modi's track record of reforms. But national security, the rural economy and Hindu nationalism are all issues that have played a central role. There are also dozens of local issues that could decide races in individual provinces and constituencies. The Tamil people want a change of government both at the centre and following that in the state. That is why there's overwhelming support for the secular, progressive front. After Mr Modi's landslide 2014 election, some see this as a referendum on his rule. So what's interesting about this election and the reason it's being seen as a referendum on Modi is because in the last election he won a majority. That's Ramola Talwar Badam, a reporter for The National who was recently on the ground in the state of Uttar Pradesh. Yeah, Modi's BJP took 282 seats of uh, uh, the 543 seats. You need at least a minimum of uh, 272 to form a government. And uh, Congress is, uh, the Congress party only took 44. That was a huge uh, decline for the Congress. It uh, was down from 206 in 2009. With the Congress party, the most successful in India's history, battling for relevance after suffering a near wipeout in 2014, Ramola went to see party leader Rahul Gandhi on the campaign trail. So the media were in the truck in the front and the Gandhi family, Rahul Gandhi and his uh, family were in the truck behind. There were supporters across, um, they had filled up the roads. You couldn't, uh, there were just supporters of, uh, the Congress supporters on the roads and they threw um, rose petals, not just at the, um, at, at the uh, Gandhi family, but also at the press. Huge numbers turned out and the atmosphere was upbeat. People collected even on, um, on the rooftops to catch a glimpse of the Gandhis. I think what the Gandhis were trying to portray at that time was that they were, they were wedded to the state and to the, uh, to the city of, to the town of Amethi because Rahul Gandhi's uh, father and his mother both have stood from Amethi. Uh, so, so that's why this place holds uh, a lot of importance to them. The Congress has never lost that seat, except I think once in the last 40 years. While the Congress party has historically had a lot of support in its home state in the north, this time Mr Gandhi's victory isn't secure. Um, the very fact that he, Rahul Gandhi feels threatened because uh, Rahul Gandhi now has moved to the south of India um, to contest there as a safer seat. So what they, their thinking was that if he had delivered all that he had promised to 
to this town, he wouldn't have to go to a safer seat. But the Congress says that the reason that he's gone to the South is because he wants um, support from the South and he wants to show that he is not restricted to just the North. In a bid to bolster his party's chances and potentially lock Mr Modi out of the Prime Minister's office, Mr Gandhi has formed a huge alliance. So what the Congress party has done this time around is that it's formed this Gatbandan, which is um, tra- can be translated into this mega alliance where they've aligned with 20 parties across the uh, country, regional parties, so that they can still stay relevant. So uh, when we talked to voters, what was interesting was that in a lot of places, they wouldn't talk about the Congress, they except in maybe places like Amiti, but they talk about the regional party uh, and how they would vote for that specific party because that party had done um, some, you know, had done, had uh, delivered on promises in that particular state. The unifying aim that has brought the parties together is simply opposition to Mr Modi. This could make forming a coherent government difficult if they manage to secure a majority. While the Congress has been weak, there are concerns in the BJP, Mr Modi's party, that the Prime Minister's track record and his challenges might make serious inroads in this election. The reason why Modi and the BJP are um, um, a little worried is probably because um, BJP lost key states in the December regional elections. So now there is a kind of um, competition in this election because of that loss in December. So what are some of the issues at stake? Firstly, the economy. The country's on track to overtake the UK this year as the world's fifth largest economy. But issues of unemployment, growth and development are still key. In 2016, Mr Modi implemented a policy known as demonetisation, in which he ordered large denomination banknotes to be withdrawn from the system in order to clamp down on tax avoiding. But in a largely cash-based society, where many have no bank accounts, the impact was huge. Statistics show the shambolic implementation that caused panics, long queues at banks and anger among business owners cut the country's growth rate by an estimated 2%. Because the rollout of uh, demonetization was it was so badly implemented that people stood in lines. And when you talk to people on the ground now, those lines and st- queuing up um, in front of banks is something that they haven't forgotten. And what, uh, what the BJP is worried about, BJP party workers are worried about, is that that will eat into their vote share. That will have an impact on the elections and it will because when we talk to people, they spoke about how, you know, they saw people who um, were standing in line because, because they needed cash for their wedding the next day and ATMs had run out of money. Uh, there was only a certain amount of money that you were allowed to take out. So you had elderly people queuing up, people who had medical emergencies and um, they felt that there was no excuse for the government to do this to the middle class and to the ordinary workers. Especially hit were traders. Some of the traders that we've spoken to have said that they're still facing an impact of uh, demonetization. Cash, they they needed uh, petty cash to pay their workers and they would pay their workers in cash. You needed cash to buy any kind of goods from vegetables to, uh, you know, groceries. Um, Many Indians don't have credit cards. In the villages, they definitely don't have credit cards. So, um, this uh, demonetization and uh, or what they call as a currency shock of 2016 is when, when he withdrew these high-value uh, banknotes is still impacting businesses. But Romola says some of Mr Modi's backers didn't see the chaotic implementation as much of a problem. Voters told her that the impact had been worth it as it hit millionaire tax avoiders. While the uh, BJP supporters that we spoke to we were surprised because some of the traders said that they would continue to vote for Modi despite demonetization because they know that it, it was for the larger good. Another key issue is the farming community. 
While it only contributes 18% to the country's GDP, over half the population are employed directly or indirectly in the sector. Mr Modi has vowed to improve the lot of farmers and give cash to improve homes, but he's still a long way off his targets. Now hit with rising prices for agricultural supplies and falling crop yields, farmers have been demonstrating. Farmers have, uh, even in the state that we were in and across the country, farmers participated in rallies before the elections. They dumped uh, produce that they couldn't reach to the market, um, uh, produce that was uh, ruined. They dumped that in front of state legislatures, in front of ministers' uh, houses. And when we went into the villages, you could really sense the anger of the farmers. It's not just discontent. It's not just uh, people who are upset. They're angry. at uh, Because Modi had promised that he would double farmers' incomes by 2022. Uh, That hasn't happened. Instead, what has happened is that uh, crop prices have fallen and uh, the prices that they pay for fertilisers or for seeds has increased. There is also lingering concern over BJP officials espousing Hindu nationalism. Mr Modi has faced criticism for not doing enough to condemn anti-Muslim rhetoric. There have been several lynchings of minorities carried out by hardline Hindus. A lot of um, Indians feel that if he had come down really strongly on the right-wing groups, it would have made a difference. Because as a prime minister, he should not be the prime minister of one particular community or one particular uh, of his own electorate. He's a prime minister of the entire country. The BJP says, you know, he has come out, he has made a couple of statements. The rest of them think that it should be much more. The young have been especially concerned by the developments. The sentiment is that Modi didn't get voted on that. He got voted on the basis of progress in the economy and not, um, you know, uh, Hindu nationalism, not stoking the flames of Hindu nationalism. Thanks to Ramola Talwabadam. Subscribe to Beyond the Headlines on Apple Podcast or any of your favourite podcasting apps. And follow more of our coverage online at thenational.ae. I've been your host, James Haynes-Young.